get off my lawn. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the Magic Dads podcast here on the Old Cranky Man YouTube channel. Uh, my name is Blake Chafa. I'm here with Stefan. Hi, Hi, that's me. And um, yeah, we've known each other for quite a while. We met back in 2017, late 2017. Uh-huh. Ah, remember right. what we were doing when we met? I believe we were jamming some sweet popper. <laughs> we were playing popper, yeah. Uh, the, I think 2000, uh, 2017 is where popper really started to like kind of incline. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, our local LGS wanted to run an event. And, um, you know, my favorite deck, which is probably going to come up more than once in today's podcast, is Tron. Uh, in every format that I can. In every format that I can play Tron, and I want to play Tron. So yeah. I had never played popper before, so... Um, I was really intrigued and, uh, you, you know, 2017 was, it's not exactly the wild west of popper, but it was, it was, you know, much different than it is now. It was, it was much, much more, more open. I think there was a lot of more room for, for maneuvering. I like, that's a weird way to put it, but sure. No, um, there was no best or worst decks. We did have some more uh, crunchy powerhouses in in the form of like days being legal and gush yeah. being legal. Gush. Um, but we hadn't developed as many ways to abuse them. I think the the inside out combo had just sort of reared its head. I think uh, Saffron Olive did like a did an expose on that and, yep. and sort of blew that apart. And, uh, and, and <laughs> I remember losing to that pretty frequently. Yep. So we met playing Popper. Um, we're both we're both dads. We both have many many children. Oh my god. <laughs> and so that was another thing that we bonded over. Oh yeah. And um, I think kind of through the pandemic, um, we really kind of since everybody was locked inside, we both really kind of relied on one another uh, as as a sort of social outlet, even though we weren't able to go outside. And um, primarily right now we, we play, we play Canadian Highlander. Yeah. yeah. That's what we're playing on a weekly basis. And um, we have built our community up around us um, in the interest of playing a lot of Canadian Highlander. <laughs> as much as we can. <laughs> and the, the format is fantastic. Um, and so that's kind of where we're at right now. That's kind of what we do. Um, and what we're going to talk about now is, well, first, we we have recently paired with Old Cranky Man Collectibles um, and rebranded re all of our social media. And um, <laughs> we are going to provide our services, uh, you know, our faces, our commentary yeah. uh, for their tournament circuit. And... Uh, the first event that we are doing, which is actually not the first event that we did, I forgot to <laughs> forgot to press the save button on the Twitch stream from our Canadian Highlander tournament. Anyways, still sad about that. It was very good. The first the first tournament that we are that we are uh, doing commentary for for OCM is uh, Team Trios, which is yeah. legacy, legacy Modern Pioneer. Yeah, interesting choice there. Instead of standard popper, standard pioneer modern, they went with the pioneer modern legacy. Well, when I asked about that, he laughed and said, standard's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I understand what he means. You know, it's struggling to fire those kinds of tournaments. I think people that want to play standard, they can just play standard on arena. 
Yeah. It's a lot and, cheaper. And to, to, to give a modicum of, of perspective or, or context there, OCM primarily um, deals in, a, or not primarily, but like a lot of what their bread and butter is, is finding higher end cards. And uh, are sort of one of the few uh, places where you can reliably go to find something that would be played in legacy or in a vintage format. It's where you and I sort of it's, it's the first, the first stop, stop for us. For, for, it, for, it, it for, was it was the delta <laughs> between Boomer Magic and 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 Dads. <laughs> yeah, very much, uh, and also sort of appropriate that they approached us as two old cranky men. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, for for the for the purposes of this um, team trios, we're going to be mostly highlighting modern. Yeah. Now, as absolutely. I mentioned before, I I love Tron and I have played quite a bit of Modern in the past, not so much recently. Um, but you have not played much. No, no. I think I've borrowed a couple decks on on a couple occasions, but um, my my interest in my history with Modern is largely um, from a viewer perspective. Sure. I really enjoyed watching different magic content especially when when modern was um i i'm just gonna say pre-horizons modern um i think pre-horizons modern was probably the most interesting modern was and i don't mean that in like a in a derogatory way i think that the the format now is just a fully different format yeah than than pre-horizons modern we've just we've had such a sea change in power, power level and speed in the format, format. Um, that efficiency, to... I think efficiency oh, yeah. is a big thing. Yeah, in in, in pretty much every context, and you have to release your notion of what the old modern was as a format. And so that's hard. That's hard for me to do. Yeah, yeah, very much. Go of it. I love you know Death Rite Shaman and Splinter Twin and. And you used to be able to cast uh, cast a siege rhino with a straight face. I do. I do. <laughs> no, I have for siege rhino. It, it's a card I will probably never cut from my Canadian Highlander lists that, that, can, that can cast. So talking rhino. about modern, let's talk a yeah. little bit about the current modern metagame. What are we gonna What are we gonna yeah. expect to see? Um, so obviously the strongest the strongest decks in the format right now, or at least the ones that we're seeing the most play, um, are the the is it Murktide lists, which are sort of like the king of mid-range. Um, we've got the Indomitable Creativity decks, um, notably a powerful deck in both Pioneer and Modern. Yep. Duke recently taking down the Shouldn't have sold board. those foils so soon. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think you saw the power of it before other people did too. It was very interesting. <laughs> I, I, um, can, I just wanted to turn a treasure token into a torrential Hulk. <laughs> uh, after that, we've got the Hammer Time deck, which is Colossal Hammer, um, and then Rhinos, uh, which is the Cascade Rhinos deck. Yep. The Scam with Rakdos. with a new with a new edition of um, uh, what is what is that creature? The the Simic creature. Oh, oh, the uh, Shardless Agent? Shardless Agent, yeah. Yeah, another Modern Horizons. Yeah, Modern Horizons Inc. from Legacy kind of dropped in to say hello and bring rhinos. <laughs> uh, Rakdos Scam. Yeah, that's a... 
sort of powered by the the efficiency of those evoke creatures. Yagmoth. Okay, yeah. Yeah, um, Yagmoth. The Yagmoth and then deck. The, uh, the the five color like Omnath, four or five color Omnath elementals. Yeah. Uh, I think there's like a whole slew of things in there. It used to be, you know, the Yorion, the four color Yorion decks. Mm. When, when Yorion got banned, it kind of broke off into multiple different, there's like lots of different yeah. ways that you can build that deck. Um, but it, the things that are consistent through it are like three fairy mm-hmm. and the elementals and but you, most of them have Omnath. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. the Omnath elementals that has like Risen Reef in it is what won that uh, yeah. LMS tournament over the weekend and it, featuring yeah. featuring Elish Norn, Mother of Machines as a Panharkana, Panharkana, how do you say that card? Pan, Panharmonicon. Panharmonicon. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I was following Andre Mangucci's uh, Twitter through the whole thing, and he went 13 rounds without seeing a repeat deck. So that yeah. means that there's at least 13 different archetypes that have uh, uh, decent we are missing, representation. We are missing what I would consider to be one of the most powerful decks that have gotten something recently, and that's uh, Amulet Titan. Oh, um, yeah. How could I forget? Yeah, Titan is, uh, I think, one of those decks that keeps on positioning itself very well in the format because decks sort of evolve around it having and then it breaks through and does something incredible having played that deck not a ton but a little bit that that is incredibly hard to play mm. and i think the reason why it hasn't been banned out of existence yet is just because the the bar for entry yeah. is that you need to have played like 200 games with it to not go to time every round or to not screw up the combo when you're trying to do it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's what, what I, I would call, call the uh, Clark Clan Ironworks reason that it hasn't yes. been banned yet, yes. where the deck is just incredibly powerful, but it takes so much so much knowledge and playtime invested for you to get good and start making those wins. Um, and... With, with with the new addition of the of the land it becomes the fifth sixth seventh and eighth copies of oh yeah uh, of the amulet of vigor the the microsynth gardens yep um I the think new card from three of them. phyrexia all will be one yeah i i think that the deck is about to have a moment where people have to take a look at it and wonder um, if anything really needs to go. I wish that I followed the modern metagame a little bit more closely because I'm curious what they cut to add that. They're already playing a, not a greedy mana base, but it's a very selective mana base. Sure. Like there's not a whole lot of room to wiggle around. You need you need X amount of this land so that you can get your six mana to cast your Titan. And then you need this mm-hmm. land to do this and this land to do this. It's very specific. Like I have a feeling that tuning yeah. that deck is just a miserable nightmare. Like what do I cut? Mm-hmm. So I think uh, they. I mean, they were playing Urza Sagas yeah. because Urza Saga is basically additional copies. Yeah, of, we're in four of those. Yeah, basically additional copies. So mm-hmm. they didn't cut Saga. I wonder what they mm-hmm. cut for the Microsoft uh, Gardens. It yeah, looks it like, like mostly they cut um, basic lands. Oh, <laughs> who needs basics? They are running four basic lands in the deck. That's going to segue. That's going to segue nicely into the next uh, topic. <laughs> yeah, it really. Well, I think they lean hard on Dryad of the Elysian Grove, right? To fix their mana, um, and then um, explore. And if 
if you've ever wondered if uh, that sorcery that lets you play three additional lands should ever summer be bloom banned. that was summer when bloom. I played that was summer bloom was still legal when I played and no. Titan a few times that you that could just kill them on turn one mm-hmm. it's it's an unfun unfair card in an already unfun unfair deck <laughs> so next topic one card currently legal and modern that mm-hmm. you would ban uh so i think my answer is going to be um it's going to be solitude um but the real answer is all five of the evoke sure sure i don't think that they've led to any fun or interesting game play patterns <laughs> they've shifted the meta in such a way that it's it's very difficult even for force of negation to do any amount of work these days because all of the because they can't counter them (laughs) yeah because they're free they're a creature and they're also a spell (laughs) yeah it's it's really um man especially the ones that are that have flash um and solitude is just the most egregious of those uh it's not fun the real answer is if there was going to be a card banned i think it would probably be um expressive iteration just knowing it's banned in both legacy and pioneer it it has met the ban hammer in in more formats than it would care to admit uh ragavan also banned in in legacy Legacy. yeah and not banned in modern yeah um the the Merc okay so the the Merktide decks the blue red yeah whatever decks yeah they're they're like the forty nine percent decks so boomer Correct. modern players like me will, will remember Junt <laughs> Junt you know with Tarmogoyf and Thoughtseize and and I know Junt still exists uh, but it's not in like that Junt none used of the cards have been banned it's it's it was much it was much less efficient. <laughs> So it, it's it's a forty nine percent deck. Like yeah. really, the power of that deck is that you're you 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 can capitalize on your opponent's misfortunes. If your opponent is not experienced, you can capitalize on that. If your opponent has to mulligan a bunch, you can capitalize on that. If your opponent draws a string of bad cards, you can capitalize on that. That's what Merktide decks are really really good at, and that's why people play them, is because uh, they have uh, diverse answers to threats. Uh, Counterspell. That can deal with an instant of sorcery and enchantment of planeswalker. It doesn't matter what it is. If the spell can be countered, then a counter spell counters it. Lightning bolt kills just about anything. Unholy heat kills just about anything. And then you've got your card selection and expressive iteration and consider. And then also uh, you've got decent threats in um, Dragon's Rage Channeler and Murktide Regent and Ragavan. It's just a pile of very, very good cards. But the caveat is, is that when your opponents don't have misfortunes, when your opponents are running hot, when they're not mulliganing, when they're drawing really, really well, mm-hmm. your deck is okay at best. Yeah. Like generally, we talked about. Generally, you can only deal with one or two things a turn. And if your opponent gets a tempo swing on you, you are probably not going to be able to get back ahead. And there are decks that, like like we talked about with, um, uh, with the primetime decks, they they can get a play or plays where on turn three they are just winning the game yeah and without without having the correct disruption in hand 
the deck, the deck just sits there and waits for your opponent to take 40, right. 50 game actions and then just win. Yeah. Um, card that I would be in out of modern is Blood Moon. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> uh, not going to happen. It's. I just couldn't think of a better answer to the question, honestly. Yeah. Um, I think that modern is actually in a pretty good place right now. If you oh, can, yeah. If you can go 13 rounds into a tournament and not play against the same deck twice... Uh, I think your format is more than healthy. Oh, 100%. Um, I, you know, are the elementals pushed? Yeah, but they were supposed to be. Yeah. Um, the, the idea there is like you're mirroring the power that exists in Legacy, um, mm. but you're also some, creating something that's entirely different. And I, I yeah. think that the design space in, those, in the free Vogue elementals is actually really, really cool. And, um, you know, I like them a lot. Uh, so one card you would unban in modern is the next topic we're going to talk about unbanning okay. a card what are you unbanning okay i have a, a a fake answer a joke answer and a real answer you um, have three answers <laughs> i i have a joke answer and a real answer that's it okay um, so my joke answer is golgari grave troll because i adore that card uh <laughs> it's so specific it's good in exactly one deck and uh, I want that deck to be very good again. It's like Dredge is playable in modern. It's a very fun deck. I love Dredge in general. If I'll play like like with Tron, I will play a Dredge card in any format that you allow me to play. It, yeah, yeah. It's, I can I can I can attest to that. The dude loves him some Dredge. Uh, the the real answer is I think Faithful's Looting could absolutely be unbanned. Totally. Oh fine. yeah. Uh, I think that the, the cards that caused that card to get banned, specifically Hogak and Bridge from Below, were the yeah. true. Uh, Hogak really is. Hogak, yeah. Faithless Looting died for Hogak sins, let's be honest. There, there was never a doubt in my mind that, that Hogak was the real issue. And I, I remember being at the, at the GT or the GP in Minneapolis the summer after. Uh, you know, after Hogak came out in Modern Horizons 1, and Hogak was literally on every poster in the street for that for that uh, tournament. And I was like, this, this card's on every every poster, and it's going to get banned in two months. And sure enough, it was, it was banned right away. But uh, in the same in the same vein as the the Freevoke Elementals, I think that Hogak is a really sweet design space. Oh, I love it when they put text on a card that says you can't spend mana to cast this spell. Oh, it's so good. And that's so weird. I I can't not love that. There's um, that one card that you can't cast from. You can only cast from your graveyard. It's the knight from uh, Cold Snap. Oh uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, that um, that kind of that kind of restriction is exactly what <laughs> yes. kind of excites me for a card. Where Same. I'm like, oh, this is a weird design space. Yeah. Or there's that um, a, a primeval might. I think it's an eight zero with trample out of time spiral. Yes. That, like. What what a what weird, a weird card. what a weird time to play magic. Like we what didn't evaluate cards the same way back then that we do now. We didn't no. we didn't realize how far ahead RD actually was. Mm. They were very far ahead of us and they knew a lot of things that we wouldn't find out for years. Yeah. And you know, being being in the driver's seat when when all of that happened and watching it all unfold has been very sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. They, they definitely played it stranger instead of more powerful when it came to card design. 
So instead of instead of just putting more words on a card, they put restrictions on cards, or they made cards strong yeah. in that they were playable in very specific design spaces. And I don't think it's a better or worse thing that we're in a different time. It just uh, it was just different. You know. All right. So oh, what would you what would you unban out of modern then? What would I unban out of modern? Yeah. yeah. I would unban unban Splinter Twin. <laughs> and that's my only answer. Splinter did, Twin did nothing wrong. <sighs> now, I, I will say, I will say that putting the card Splinter Twin in a deck that has Fury and Ragavan both in go. it, we are probably going to run into some problems, but I'm willing mm -hmm. to take the chance. I'm willing to take the chance that that's an issue and unban Splinter Twin. I, I think that the gameplay that the Splinter Twin deck produces is really, really unique. Um, and I got to see a little bit of that in the, in, uh, Pro Tour Phyrexia All Will Be One, because I think that the, the modern is it, or not the modern, the pioneer is it creativity deck plays a lot like Splinter Twin did, mm. uh, where, you know, they, they just use their resources to, to, you know, to try to interact with you, um, to prevent themselves from dying, push, push themselves into a position where they can win uncontested and then they just win on a single turn. Uh, I love, love, love that gameplay pattern um, where you, you just feel like you're in complete control of the game all the time and there's nothing that your opponent can and will ever be able to do about it. It's just like yeah. the epitome of a control deck. And then, yeah. the, you know, I, the, the number of times that I've slapped a, a Splinter Twin on a Vendillion click just so that I could do it every turn, or Snapcaster Mage, just so that I could do it every turn. Uh, you're just getting that incremental value from <laughs> in a space where, in a space where, you don't need to win with it if you're already winning with it. Right. Yeah. Like I think it's a totally reasonable card. Um, I I do think that there are a lot of weaknesses now to the deck that didn't exist back then. And again, going back to the free boat creatures, solitude is a real problem. Like the, all of the weaknesses of the deck being the same, uh, that is putting, casting an enchantment onto a creature. And that creature has to be a very specific type of creature for you to win the game. And that type of creature doesn't have the words hex proof on it, indestructible on it. Uh, it doesn't have uh, any, any kind, kind of protection or regeneration. Right. It's just it lives through a everything. lightning bolt, though. Yeah. Yes. Have you heard? Of, have, have you heard of unholy heat? It does not live through an unholy heat, which is another, which is that, another thing. Yeah. So we could totally. Un what you're saying is, what you're saying is, we could totally unban Splinter Twin right now. Would not be a problem. Like, like Dumb and Dumber, Dumber, there's a chance. <laughs> so you're saying there's a you're chance. You're saying there's a chance. Un I, I do think it's interesting that you and I both picked red cards. Uh, Red's my favorite color. Yeah, I think faith, these are definitely weirdo cards. Like Faithless Looting is a very weirdo card. Splinter Gen is a very weirdo card. Yeah. That in the correct decks sort of allow you to set up uh, very well. And red, red gets all the coolest, red gets all the coolest cards. It tends to, I think it gets the strangest cards still. They still, it feels like if R&D doesn't know where a card should go, they just stick it into red. You know what I mean? Like uh, the the one goes, they were just like, okay, well, what does this go into? We'll just make it red. Poss possibility storm. That's 
you know, <laughs> it's a random card. It just goes it's to the, the red. It's totally it's fine. The color of passion. Passion, passion and, and confusion. confusion. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of favorite cards, that's the next topic. What is your favorite magic card of all time? Uh, interesting that you should ask that because it is in fact faithless looting. <laughs> uh, I know you have a faithless looting playmat. I do. I have a faithless looting playmat. I adore faithless looting as a card because it's such an unassuming, um, it's such an unassuming design because you look at it and it resembles a red version of every blue cantrip. Um, the blue cantrips ponder preordain uh, even brainstorm, which is incredibly powerful. Um, but I would say ponder and preordain are the closest uh, analogous examples that I would. Is it give. isn't careful study the closest? Uh, careful yeah, study is the blue faith yeah, is looting. Yeah, it is, uh, but it doesn't have flashback. Um, <laughs> but I would say of the ones that actually get play regularly, like th yes, this is, okay, this is I know the, what you mean. This is it's the a it's a ten pull card. Yeah. yeah. But the difference is that um, you you don't play careful study in a dredge deck. You play faithless looting in a dredge deck. <laughs> faithless looting, because of its flashback ability, gives it so much additional card advantage uh, in terms of cards in your graveyard. Right. When, it's like it's like where's the, where's the downside? Yeah, like putting cards in your graveyard is in the decks that want this card equal to drawing them, if not better right. than drawing them. It, you're just keeping them in your hand. Yeah. They didn't go, I, I, they didn't go away actually ever. My I, favorite card yeah. of all time is Dragonstorm. Dragon uh, I love Dragonstorm. Uh, you know, the storm mechanic is very, very cool. It's one of my favorite uh, mechanics of all time. Also, I love dragons. Uh, and, you know, casting a Dragonstorm and searching your deck for something big and scary, uh, just kind of, uh, you know, the little the little kid me, that's all that I ever wanted to do was like, oh, yeah. uh, was like, you know, play this big thing that cost a million mana because that, it's very, very impressive. And like, oh, cool, cool. One mana, one, one. I have a I have a nine, nine that flies. Yeah. Very, dragon. very, very much more powerful than what anybody else at the time was doing. And, 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 you know, Dragonstorm just lets you cheat on a whole bunch of mana. You know, if you got a storm count of three or four, you can go get, you know, 15, 20 mana worth of dragons and put them into play all at once. And then they have all these triggers that happen. I love Dragonstorm. And that Kev Walker art is so cool. Underrated the, artist. The, yeah. Kev Walker's amazing. Yeah. And, I, you know, that that's what it is though it, it goes back to you know being at the kitchen table and just wanting to have the biggest creature yeah it was uh that that was sort of always my my thought too of having bigger creatures than my brother when we were playing magic when we were kids it, i mean it seems like it seems like that's how you win right when yeah. you, you know when when you're when your concept of the world is the the bigger guy wins the fight yeah that, that translates into magic really, really well. Well, my creature's bigger than yours, so I must win now, right? Yeah. And and it has flying, and I can put red mana into it to make it bigger each turn. Like you're just going to, like, how do you beat the Shivan Dragon? He's a 6-6. Six, six, six. <laughs> Shivan Dragon at 5-5 five, five or a 6-6? Six, six. It's a 6-6. Six, six. It is a 6-6. It's a 6-6 six, six for 6. 
remote my magic boomer credentials right now. <laughs> I haven't I cast a Shivan Dragon in a very long time. I, I, I don't cast Shivan Dragons. I put them into play with Dragons. No Dragons. <laughs> why, why would I cast uh, them? Next, next and final topic for today's podcast mm. is who is your favorite magic character of all time? That's an interesting question and sort of one that I went back and forth on. Um, but the the current incarnation of Chandra Navar oh, man. Uh, has been has gotten so cool and she's had such a cool arc. Um, and little spoiler for the for the uh, current storyline with Marching Machine um, with. Nissa has sort of gone back and forth on whether yeah. or not they're in a relationship with one another. Yeah. And Nissa is being completed. Uh, yeah. And then basically healed by way of Malira is, yep. uh, it, it was really a cool moment for the story where they, they paid off a big, a long, Chandra, a long time coming storyline. Chandra's awesome. Right? Yeah. She goes back. She was one of the original five. She, yeah, goes, she, was. she goes all the way back. In, in in the slow burn, you know, to put it eloquently, the slow yeah. burn of watching that character really turn into what she is. Chandra, she's she's passionate, she's emotional, she's just kind of the embodiment of red mana, right? Yeah. Like, beautiful character. Yeah. Love her. I, and, like, seeing her relationship with her parents, too, like, yeah. and Pia and Kira. There's so much story of, there. Yeah. And uh, I, I hope that we go back to Kaladesh at some point. It's, oh, yeah. Uh, Give me Feels more. Like give me more energy point. cards. I want to. I want to spin the Inverse <laughs> Marvel. Yeah. So my favorite character uh, has always been Teferi. Uh, you, you know, for a long time he was just kind of well, he wasn't really a, you know right up front, right? Like yeah. he didn't even get a card for a very long time. Yeah. Um, but he was always so like as a child he was you know he was always up to no good and getting on everybody's nerves. And then you know when he when he grew up and he had his family then. Uh, he's just plagued by this tragedy, right? That was that was his own doing. He's trying to he's trying to you know save his family and the people that he loved, and in in doing so, he lost them forever. Did he though? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. And and seeing that comeback, oh god, I I'm not gonna lie, I literally cried. I had actual tears because yeah. uh, it was incredible. Zalfir's return. Was the a, the, the, a big the deal. full the full story just came all the way back around, and like that just kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier when we were talking about um, time time spiral. R and D is so far ahead. Yeah, like they're they're ten years out right now. They know they know what magic is going to yep. be like and look like in ten years. Yeah, that 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 that, that it's amazing to me. The FFL is. It has to be both mechanical and storyline, right? Yeah. There has to be this knowledge. And Teferi, what, all right, so here's something funny, is that Teferi is the first non-red card that we've talked about that we're, we're fans of. <laughs> and it is a blue-white card and, like, the antithesis of of red, which is super funny considering <laughs> yeah, his but I, I love I love Teferi. Really looking forward to this tournament at the end of this month. Uh, I think we're going to see some great games. As as much as we've talked about or do like about Modern, I think that Modern is an incredibly entertaining format to watch. Still. Yeah, it is. I think I we're going to see some really good matches of Magic and a higher level than 
anybody is sort of expecting when when there is fewer outlets for competitive magic in terms of uh gps and pro tours being more limited these days this kind of local tournament and this kind of draw that we get from from tournament uh tos um you see the high level magic come out here because yeah. there's this is the outlet for it there's a ton of build up for it and everybody wants it and 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 we are very excited to bring that to everybody but until then we'll see you next time on magic dance here on the ocm mtg youtube channel we're proud of you, proud of you. bye